Poets and Scholars. Welcome back to Sluts and Scholars. We're so excited to be back for another week. And this time we have probably the most amazing guest ever, I would say. The wonderful, fabulous, amazing Nina Hartley. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You heard a wonderful introduction, a little like sensual snippet from our podcast last week, but now we actually get her for the full time. So we hope you enjoy. Today we're going to be covering a little bit of firsts. So whether that's first sex, first time in porn, um, have a listen and we're excited to have you back. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. You are this the kind of women I dream of when I think, who do I hope finds my information? And then, <laughs> bingo, here you are. Yay. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Um, so what Nicoleta and I discussed last week was the Nicoleta. first time. <laughs> <laughs> Please so call me Nicoleta. <laughs> so what Nicoleta and I discussed last week was our first exposure to porn. And you kind of began with a little bit of your story. And if I remember correctly, we left off at I was going in. Yes. (laughs) My first exposure to porn porn was probably um, in freshman year in high school when I was babysitting for a swinging 70s couple with a waterbed with a padded frame. And they had a lovely little erotic bookshelf. So were you actually babysitting? Oh, yeah, I was. Oh, okay. That that, that child's 45 now. But... uh, (laughs) So I, at age 14, I already knew I was a bisexual person and an exhibitionistic person and a voyeur. It's all words I'd read. And it's like, oh, that, so those resonate with my actual experience. Mm-hmm. So I was the seventies and it was Berkeley. So I never had any shame about being bisexual. I didn't know how to find girls because how do you, how does anybody find girls? Uh, but I still knew that there's a label for my desires and I wasn't considered uh deviant. So I loved, loved, loved the books, the classic Victorian pornography. I loved Playboy when I saw Playboy because pretty in those days there was barely any pubic hair and the women were still un, still more voluptuous than they are now and less thin and less uh, photoshopped. So it was like, oh, nice ladies. And then I think I may have saw uh, then erotic art of the master. So looking at classic art and then going back to that theater between home and school. And finally, like I said, so Imagine again the picture. I'm 17 and a half years old. Um, I have two brown, I have one single brown braid. I have rimless glasses, a flannel, flannel plaid shirt, Big Mac overalls, union made, um, mm-hmm. and hiking boots. Underneath that, um, I wore always, and no one ever thought, beautiful, matching, very femme bikini underwear and um oh, fancy un- you were a good teenager uh, but but no one was getting none of it because no one ever saw past the the plain exterior to say what's underneath though so what's I underneath the overalls, overalls right? it's a fun game to play yeah it is well don't nice. judge the teenager exactly, by her overalls exactly exactly so again i think that last year we we so i, I, I so i finally you know because the movie was playing was autobiography of a flea i'd read the book at my babysitting house and I wanted to see the movie, you know, books and movies, they go together. And so I walk in and I'm thinking to myself, please, nobody card me, please, nobody card me. It was Berkeley, 1976. I was clearly over 12. No one was going to card me. So I, I walk in <laughs> and I, and so we talked about the, the, the flocked red wallpaper, the red carpet, the movie posters, and then the, the, was the, the 
to the theater. And I walk in at, at what, four o'clock in the afternoon. There were 10 guys maybe. Just, the, just men. Just men. And so I'm thinking, so I, I walk in and I am thinking, please, no one sit near me. Please, no one sit near me. Oh my God, do people do that? I've never seen no, porn no. in a theater, but do well, people actually? Well, no, so, so it turns out a single female in an adult theater at that time was like a drop of soap in a greasy water. So you put this, if you put a drop of soap in greasy water, all the grease oh. moves away. So all the men just was, were magnetically repelled. It's like, it like, it like negative repelled. Probably like feeling Fine. embarrassed. And completely. And so I had the middle of the theater all to myself and I'm watching and I'm watching and I've seen pictures of penises. I've seen pictures of vulvas, but these, the first time you see bigger than life, moving pictures of people having intercourse, it's just, what? And my inner cookie monster reared up and said, me want do that. <laughs> and I barely, so at, at 17, I had barely Do you remember what the name of it was? Autobiography of a Flea. I'll never forget. In the 70s, there, there was one girl in class who was one of those amazing femme hippie bunnies who was just... What's she, a hippie bunny? She well, seventy, so hippie. So just, you know, she always wore a flower in her hair and she was, but she was a, a, a femme hippie. So her, she always, her sailor pants always fit just right. She always had just the right, her, her little embroidered tops fit very cutely. And she always had nice hair with the flower and the little freckles. And she was, she wasn't trying too hard, but she knew she was cute, but she was, it was just like effort, it appeared effortless to me. And I'm just, I'm a, I'm a stumbling 14 year old butch boy. It's like, how do you do, how do girls do that? Girls are special. Girls are magic. Girls are mysterious <laughs> creatures. I don't understand them at all. And to this day, a certain kind of femme person will make me turn into a 14 year old boy. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to this, to this day. So, um, so I was, I, so she, she got plenty of action because she presented her sexuality in a very approachable way. And I was just like, nothing happened. My mind, yes, I was already Nina without knowing who Nina was. So the theater and I'm, and I wasn't, you know, invading male space. I wasn't taking back, you know, male space for women. It was not a feminist. It was not a feminist statement of intention. I did believe that I had the right to have a sex life of my own because that was a time, but I wasn't doing it as a bigger strike for, for, for women's, Equality, And I saw the movie and I was just struck by, oh, my God, I want to do that. And then I didn't see the movie for years. At now, that fast point, forward, had you had sex, though? No, I had barely, ki- I had barely kissed a boy. Oh, wow. Um, and so about six months later, another girlfriend and her, so another, uh, uh, another gal pal and her girlfriend went to the same theater to see the movie. But two girls together, all the men closed in on them. So a single oh, so female. So it was different when it was single female. Single female. It's like, predatory. oh my gosh. And then two girls together. Really? Is there a show? And it's it just like, wow. So they did not have as fun a time as I did in the theater because they were not left alone by the man. They just were, no one touched them, but it's like this that, that, that weird energy that you can feel in a traditional male space where they think yeah. that you might be, you know, in there. So, but the, my, so my, first, my first movie porn was 1976, Autobiography of a Flea. And I just, it just struck me. I already knew then that I thought I was going to be a midwife because I wanted, so my mm. feminism was about midwifery and helping women reclaim the birth experience. And, and if I had not been into porn, I would be a, the country's leader on water birth and being a lactivist and intactivist and, and all, all, all that. So sex and babies are related. Yes. There is a connection between sex and baby. So I just sort of, I say now I work at the other end of the cow. Um, <laughs> then, the, you know, the baby end. I mean, I, because it turns out, I'm a queer person, but I'm shaped, I'm girl shaped. So if I, and I learned how to dress like a girl and I can, 
pass as a girl easily because like I've taught myself how to walk in high heels, I taught myself how to apply makeup, I taught myself how to do a basic hairdo, and I'm shaped like a girl. So if I do girl drag, people buy me completely as a femme. I like that you call it girl drag. I heard somebody say recently that we dress in drag. Everyone dresses in drag every day. Well, so it's RuPaul sort of like said the- we're all born naked. Everything else is drag, baby. Yeah, yeah so that, exactly. So that's, that's RuPaul. So, so I'm I'm cis female. And I like being cis. Um, and I would not have been as effective as Nina if I did not also look like a girl. Because while I'm there doing my butch lesbian stuff, men at home can watch me thinking they're seeing a pretty girl. And they're not confronted or challenged by the fact that I look butch or that I have short hair or I have a masculine shape. So I'm, I'm shaped like a girl. I have a small waist, a big ass, big blue eyes, ah, and a bubbly attitude. So that really help slide me in under the radar. So every time you see me in a movie, going back to 1984, you're actually seeing, I say I'm a Trojan horse for queer culture. So I've been in, I've been a fifth column into, into the fourth estate for a long time. It's like, dum, 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 just beating it out, just beating it out. And 33 years later, here you are. You know, and even if you didn't know who I was before we met a couple, a year, a year or so ago, you, I still helped put energy out there in the zeitgeist so that you so definitely so, oh yeah so I, i'm so you know you're you're a therapist nicoletta and um simone you're going to be in the legal profession so you know potentially <laughs> yeah yeah we need you um so so you're but you're an artist an artist broadcasts on the on their wavelength and i just had i had to believe that other people had their tuners tuned to my wavelength because you're always i, mean, I was always scanning 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 carol queen whoa Scanning, scanning, Betty Dodson, whoa, scanning, scanning, Annie Sprinkle, yes. So, so if you're scanning, you're going to find people who, mm. you know, who, who, when you're looking, it's like, oh my God, yes, yeah, sanity. I'm going to take that person. I'm going to take that person. So for those of you listening who don't know who those key people are, there are some great sex educators and pioneers on the front of sexuality, body positivity, orgasm. Um, check Ple- them Pleasure out. activist. Um, Annie Sprinkle herself um, is a, an artist and a pleasure activist and a, a retired porn star. Betty Dotson is the er grandmother of... If you've heard, of, if you've ever seen any jokes about masturbation circles or women getting together to learn how to have orgasms, Betty did that. Uh, Betty's eighty-seven. Uh, She's as radical. Still talking. Still practicing. Oh my goodness. Dodson and Ross.com. D o d s o n a n d r o s s dot com. Um, they put out. Um, she, she just, she's an amazing person. She's a, she's a crusty broad. I mean, she does not, you do not be stupid around her because she will just smack you on the mm-hmm. nose of the roll of the newspaper. But she's very fucking dots. So she was doing what you and I are doing back in the 60s when it was not easy for a woman to be truly sexually liberated. So in the 60s, the language of sexual liberation was there. We should be equal. Women should be able to have as much sex as much as men. In actuality, on the ground, both men and women were completely still poisoned by traditional cultural assumptions about men, women, romance, sex, use of sex. So she, her book is called My Sexual Revolution, her, her biography. And she talks about having to work through all that, through learning how to unlearn romance and also stand up for herself as a free, independent sexual woman with men who are struggling with the same things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it used to be even worse. There have been many women 
and feminists for the last couple hundred years who have spoken out for sexual equality for men and women, um, Wilson Craft and um, uh, Victoria Woodhull, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, Margaret Sanger, Emma Goldman. But mm-hmm. but Betty Dodson was the one who really took it mainstream. He took it mainstream because she was, it was the 60s. It was New York. She was an artist. She was a, a woman who really liked having sex with men. <laughs> and uh, But as soon as her, her and she's a trained fine artist um, who is an amazing, who's amazing um designer and so she's a person I first found when I was 15 or so and and her book changed my life so I love that so your first kind of sexual liberation mentor absolutely well so exciting was the 70s were pretty good the um, everything you wanted to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. The joy of sex. Yeah, oh, all, I love so, the so joy the, of I, sex. So the idea that women and men could enjoy sex equally um, came at the same time as the general um, civil rights movement, and also, of course, abortion rights and better birth control. So the idea that a woman could have sex decoupled from the consequences mm-hmm. was it, to maybe it's still challenging. You see, it's still it's still radically challenging to people in the in the mainstream um, media and politics. Um, they're still trying to restrict abortion. Of course, all, yeah. all, all. we're going to talk about no, all no. this. So, so my first, my first porno was 14 when I ran into um, a bookstore. Uh, either the, the babysitting, it's the same year, the babysitting, and then there's a, a, a bookstore, a youth bookstore that had an erotica section. And I would sit oh. there. I would sit there and read for hours. I would sit there and open up a dirty book and start reading it. Well, and I know you said when you that. went to the. Um, the flea movie that you hadn't had sex yet. And I've been wondering this whole time what some of your first sexual experiences were. Mm. Um, My first sexual experiences were clumsy and awkward and not anything like they were in my brain. So, um, well, no, no, that, that's not. Okay. Okay. So I can say now. Tell us about your first time. I can, no, no, I can say that I can say now actually that I was a teenage sex worker. On a scale of one to 10, if 10 is actually having intercourse, I was a one, <laughs> but it was still everything but the money. So you may know uh, about something called the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rene- that- Renaissance. This is Ren Fair stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ren, yeah People Ren Fair. wear like bodices yes. and full skirts and go jousting. Yeah, on all the all. And like yeah. turkey legs. Absolutely. That's what a Ren yeah, Fair is. I like your synopsis of a Ren it's, Fair. It's, 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 it's pretty good. It, it's a lot. It's, a, it's, a, it's called from the Living History Center. And so the premise is um, there is the, the Living History Center houses the Ren Fair with people who are both actors and then run um, booths, you know, to sell turkey legs or, or mu- whatever, just crafts, Celtic jewelry, all, all the alls. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's games. And so it's a lot of fun. You go there as a person, you just go there, you pay your 18 bucks at the time and you get to be immersive all day with, you know, and then each day the queen has a procession through town. So there's a whole bunch of paid actors who play queen Elizabeth and her court. And so it's, it's, it's a fuck ton of fun. Clearly, it's a fun, and they have one in Southern California too. Um, and I think every April and May or May. Yeah, I see the posters. So it, it, I'm always curious about who attends, and the answer to that is budding porn stars. And kinksters, lots of kinksters. Lots of kinksters. Yes, because all, all the cosplay, all the yes, play. yes. So, so actually, I realize now I was also part of the Society for Creative Anachronism. So I grew up doing cosplay, um, and I worked the Ren Fair. And so the summer I was 14, this would have been the summer of 73. Um, so then 73. Intergenerational sex wasn't a big thing that was way it's now. If Intergenerational? I, yeah. So at 14, if I had wanted to have sex with a 25-year-old man, nobody would have been upset except my parents. But I wasn't close to that. So I ended up, there's a, one of the games called Drench Wench. 
and Drench a Wench. So um, you're walking down, you see the booth of Drench a Wench. You have the hawker out front, you know, lady, you know, dressed in a doublet and hose, and there are women, various, you know, uh, with the low cut, the, the, the bodices and the big skirts and the boobs out, half out. Um, and so you pay a dollar for three pieces of wet sponge, and using a catapult or a little crossbow, you pick girl number one and put her on the hay bale, and you shoot at her, and if you hit the wet sponge anywhere on her body, you get a kiss. <laughs> and these in the seventies. So this was so, you. So the, women, so, so the women would. So the women would jump into the way of the sponge, or if a grace skirt, you win. So it's all very lusty and bo- I love lusty body, bo- body, body, I body love wenches. But I love wench. I love wenches because wenches. So you were a wench. Well, I so I was a budding wench. So, a budding wench. So at the time I was a good girl. So I had the hair and braids and the little glasses, and um and my chemise was up above my shoulders and and so but I would go around circling the booth it's like kissing kissing really kissing I was very interested in kissing at 14 it's like hmm. but being alone with a boy at a party kissing is a weird thing if you think about it completely cool. weird and so the idea of being alone with a boy at a party was like uh, no, because talking to boys, that is what, that was a big no. I wanted I wanted in, I wanted physical contact without having to do the social thing. But being a drenched wench at the Ren Fair so felt more comfortable. So one, so one day I'm sitting with my back to the to the booth and I hear behind me, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. If anybody within one minute has any part of their body in the booth, they shall be put to work. So I'm sitting at ten, nine. Just, Five, three, two, so one. just waiting so, 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 to so, get in trouble. Right. And so and sure, they hit zero and I was snatched, air quote friend, snatched. And they took me to the behind the behind the booth. They they pulled my chemise down oh my off my God. shoulders. I'm like getting they, turned on here. They, they, they undid my braids. We gotta go to the rent they, they undid my braids and they put me on a booth. It's like Rock on! So that summer, every I worked the drench wench booth. It's a six week period, so I probably worked the drench wench booth for at least four weekends in a row, maybe five. And it was everything I ever wanted. Public, strangers, kissing, and somebody else was saying, okay, got to move on. So I didn't have to be the bad girl. I didn't have to. So somebody else setting the boundaries. People watching. I wasn't alone with a boy. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't, they 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 could not grab or grope. It was mm-hmm. just kissing. So I learned how to be a good kisser that summer. So it was all the fun. So it was real kissing more than just pets? No, no, no. No, this is the 70s. French kissing. That we were talking, no, no, kiss, kissing. And was this your first kiss then? Yes. Was as the drenched wench. Do you remember who the first lucky winner was? I don't know, but I loved was? that summer. It was freaking awesome. It took me 25 years to realize, hey, that was kind of a sex job. It wasn't like the first kiss. It was like the first kiss marathon. Yeah. yeah. So the first kiss of the boy in private, that was age seven in a in a, in a a closet with another seven-year-old boy. So that wasn't my first sexual kiss. Doctor, doctor. Yeah, exactly. I, he was playing Cato of the Green Hornet and I was the secretary because it was the 60s. Ah! Uh, so, you know, so you had to be the secretary. You could, there was no female superheroes at the 60s. Wow, so that's it was, fucking insane. Oh, no, no, I loved, so I loved it. I loved Ren Faire. I loved, they could never, ever, 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 ever do that again. There's okay. no way because only a few of the boys were under 18. Most uh-huh. of them, most of them were absolutely over 18. So, you know, it was, it was super inter- transgenerational. Um, but it was a lot of fun because, um, again, I got a lot of experience. I learned how to be a good kisser without the pressure of being in a relationship and having to see the boy on Monday. Uh, yeah. uh. So that was my first time kissing kids. My first time intercourse, 18, it was, let's just, just say. tell the story. Let's just say after my first fuck, the first thing in my head was, they write songs about this? <laughs> Where were you? If you had written a song about the first time, what would it have it would been, have been called? The, would have, it would have been the Piggly song, Is That All There Is? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just everything that shouldn't have, it 
it was just completely. Do you think? Do you think it was disappointing because it was anticlimactic? Like you had major expectations. It was, or? it was disappointing because my partner and I were not a good fit, and so there was no passion. I just want to point that. I mean, I feel like. A lot of people have assumptions of like, oh, you're in porn. And obviously our podcast is called Sluts and Scholars. So I feel like 18, especially for that time, was like waiting. Yeah, um, I would have in my mind, if, if I if I knew then what I know now, I would have absolutely been the hand job, blow job queen of high school. Mm. Um, intercourse is just, you know, it wasn't, but, you know, intercourse is just such a big deal in terms of babies and also quote unquote what it means to people. Um, I was very interested in, in boy and girl parts in high school and in the 70s in Berkeley. So you could be sexually active and no one slut shamed you mm-hmm. and you could be sexually inactive and no one um, prude shamed you. It was Jeff in the, par- the, the drama department. So we were a bunch, that you know, so, so good. It, was, it was awesome. No, it, it was, it was a really lovely, it was a really lovely group of people. So if I had wanted to be sexually active, it, you know, Planned Parenthood, I did get my first birth control at Planned Parenthood support Planned Parenthood. Um, another I've, important first. Another important, yeah, right? No. Um, gay Planned Parenthood, turns out you go in and you get a diaphragm the same day. Yeah, I, I, I didn't you know still that, can. I, I didn't know you get the, in, wow. Incredible. It's incredible. You walk out with the diet, we all got the I love control. that you got a diaphragm from Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't having enough sex after to get on the pill, but I got, med, so now I'm infertile. Yay! <laughs> but I never wanted a baby, so it was never, I, mm-hmm. I, I, that was one, that was one thing I never had to I kept waiting to want children and it never happened. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I'm 58 in 10 days and I never wake up going, oh my gosh, what have I done? It's like, still good. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because now I have to think of what to get you for your birthday. Yeah. Um, so going back to going back to the pimple popping. Just oh, okay. Back. Wow. So, 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 no, so, so <laughs> we Nina, just took it way so, back. So, 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 so Nina has been building for 33 years and it's like, it's like the membrane keeping the Nina eruption from reaching the surface mm-hmm. is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And so all it's going to take the first, all it's going to take is the right to. And then we're going to have Nina pus all over the world. We'll need a juice. Need a juice. Yeah, pus yeah. sounds not so well, sexy. Well, maybe we're into juice. that. Yeah. I was just following with but, but the, no, with but the so metaphor. The, 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 <laughs> following the, the conceit. Yeah. Well, this, this, whatever it is, Nina's been building for 33 years. It's just, it, because now we're on the third generation of people who, the people, the people who were 18 when they found me in 1984. Mm-hmm. Then the people who were 18 when they found me in 1995. Then the people who were 18 when they found me in 2005. Mm-hmm. And then here you are. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just did I tell you that the show, I one of my best times at the AVN show was a father about my age and his 26-year-old son. And they were like... <laughs> and I just loved it because at one point I ran to them on the floor. I'm, I'm doing my 20-minute quick lecture to the boy and I look over at the father and he's holding his arms, just rocking back and forth, grinning. Like, oh, you know, Hartley schooling my son. This is awesome. That's amazing. Was, you should give sex education talks in, yeah, in yeah. high schools. Well, I can't. I, I've given, I give up on anything to do with minors. Okay. The, the porn, you can't, you can't muddy that water. Interesting. But 18 in a day, the older I get, the younger 18 is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm good with 18. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly. I mean, I would like to talk to younger people, but it's just too, it's, that's a can of worms I don't care to open. Um, so I want to come back to your first experience with intercourse, even though I do agree that we probably put too much importance on intercourse. Like, I think I personally think it's really interesting that when we ask someone if they had sex with someone, it's all about like, did their penis go in your vagina? vagina yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like sex. we reduce like our yeah. sexual right. capabilities and like what sex is to like 
if or we, and, that, and that's the heteronormativity, that's the heter- exactly. heteronormativity that does need to be smashed because what I like about queer sexuality is PIV intercourse is one thing that could happen if you have a P and a V, which you don't always. Um, but you take that one card out, you still have 51 other amazing fun things to do. 51? That's the, well, that's well, the 50, count? Well, 52 cards. Take out the PIV oh, card. Okay, it. PIV and of course, okay, we're getting, I was we're imagining like you having done the calculations for all the permutations of body part to body part. <laughs> oh, no. And there's I got really way excited. more than 52 <laughs> options. I know. But, but, once, but once you take out uh, PIV intercourse, because, and then when I talk to young people, college age, it's like, look, you got final sex week. Intercourse risks. Our parents weren't wrong. Our grandparents weren't wrong. And the church isn't wrong. Intercourse is a big deal in that the risk of death in babies makes it heavier. It's fucking real. It, How do you have babies? By having sex. People know this. You don't get a baby by receiving being, oral sex. <laughs> or as we talked about in the first podcast, the adult hand job. The adult yes. hand job. No, I, want, I want to bring hand jobs back. Not as a... Ah, poor, not, you not, two not, can do your hand not, job not, club not, together. Not, not, not as a poor substitute for quote unquote the real thing, but a lovely, lovely appetizer. To, for me, a hand job is, a, is an audition. It's like first it I get near the peen. Like are you auditioning or are they auditioning? They're, they're auditioning. Okay. <laughs> I know I know I'm a good fuck. <laughs> you will have a good time if you're with me. Um it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna have it. Now there might be a second good time. If there's no chemistry, then I can I can't fight with anybody once because I'm a novelty junkie. It's like, hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Oh, I don't know you. What are you like? I would like to have sex with you just to see what it's like. Absolutely. I'm an alien. It's like, oh, I put out my old little pods. Like, oh, I get it. Well, and people watch you and have this fantasy of, well, what would that be like? Exactly. So the hand job, first I get to, for the, sorry, that was making out, which I love doing. Making out a hand job is like, for me, the awesomest thing. You feel hands groping you and grabbing Mm. your boobie and just feeling his, I love, I I know, I know, right? And a good neck nibble. like, I love that. So I get to see how does he receive pleasure? How, how does he inhabit pleasure? I get to see his dick. I get to feel and see his dick. And I get to show him a really good time without risking death or babies. Love or that. diseases. You know, I, my, my, have, I, my best time ever was at a, at a swinger uh, retreat in Jamaica, the nudist camp. And it was the last night before I was going to leave. And I went out to the big closing night party with my handjob kit, which is a baggie. With a baggie has lube, Folded baby wipes and um, latex gloves and a baggie. So a, a hand job, a hand, a hand job kit. You can do four hand jobs in this kit and stick it all in your evening purse. This is marketable. Oh no! So, yeah, right. So um, I met this couple, and turns out that before they met each other, each had been fans of mine. So it was a super, super fun thing for them. So I ended up doing a hand job with him behind a bush at night while his girlfriend taped it on her iPhone and so I, I got the gloves loop I get to get I get to get close to the penis without having to touch with my mouth it's like so it's perfectly safe and for me it's sanitary if it's sanitary we're we're, we're dime down for that and then he finished I had the baby white wiped his dick off pulled everything off inside the gloves gave him the bundle of gloves and went back to my cabin and packed for for the trip the next oh, day love it was that. so awesome so that's hand what jobs, i'm talking about so, so so hand jobs first a lot of guys you know it, it for all the forces them to be in the receiving position so how do you receive female aggression or female agency mm-hmm. and how do you receive pleasure um how, how how do you inhabit your body when someone is touching your penis and are, are you there or not there gosh i gotta so this is so interesting that you bring this up and we'll get back on topic of first no 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 up until like when Nicoletta had our podcast ab- about masturbation, we were talking about like giving hand jobs. I was just like, ugh, like who the fuck gives hand jobs past the seventh grade? And 
I, I'm this wrong. Girl. I think I'm wrong. These girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, you're. Well, that doesn't mean you have to like it, even if you're seeing that there's like upsides to but, it. I, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is there definitely upsides? I, I do like the idea of the hand job being an indicative of how your partner handles female agency, because there is an element of like submission when you're like on your knees giving head. But like when it's like your hand on their dick, it's. It's all you. That's so interesting. Because, so, so, what was your first hand job? I want to under like my the first time you saw first, a dick. Like the first time you saw. A first dick. time I saw. Well, the first time I saw dick was probably my the first the first boyfriend, the teacher. And when I was when I would give him head, when I would when he would let me explore his body with my mouth, I could always get wet behind it. If I lay back and let him explore my body with his mouth, dry as a bone. And I didn't realize a lot of that. A, I have trouble. I have trouble with surrender and letting go. But also, I'm more of a top. I did, but those words weren't even. I didn't even understand mm-hmm. those words. So if I if I'm in control and I am pleasing my mouth with your body, that's going to translate to my genitals. I'm going to get aroused mm-hmm. because I. And if my part, if I'm attracted, if my partner, and I have a good connection and they're good at what they do. I can certainly lay back and let them do fun things to me, and I can get aroused. Mm-hmm. But making out all a hot makeout session is always going to get me wet. And performing oral sex is always going to get me wet. Mm-hmm. I just want to come back to like the first intercourse because we still have a few more first things that we want to get so, to. So, so, so you t- just decided that that was well, the day no, so, you were going to so do he, like no, penetrative sex or um, like? Well, no, so because mine kind of just happened. Like it wasn't. Out of the it blow. wasn't even that. So we, my boyfriend and I at the time, um, uh, Tim. Uh, he, Hi, he, Tim. <laughs> he and I, we had been oh. doing. We were doing some oral sex. Um, he had. We were doing some mutual masturbation, and he took me to see one of the worst movies ever made, Story of O, the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's a book, Story of O, by Pauline Rayage, and that's a whole other podcast. And this was a, the super cheesy 1975 movie of this book. So he took me to see it at a, at a theater. And even though I'm now in a BDSM power-based relationship, at the time, it's like, what, 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 what? But the movie's super cheesy, okay? Just, just, it's so, it didn't do anything. I wasn't aroused. It was not, it wasn't sexy to me. I did not walk in the movie going, oh. So we went back to his place and- he laid me down, put a blindfold on me, and then he had set up um, close cord, close clothesline cord, and had tied, did some rudimentary bondage, and you know ended up you know doing some uh, fellatio, and then putting his penis inside of me. It's like, eh? so that was your first time. My first, my first time. Well, it sounds like you. From what you have said, that the lead up to it and all that other stuff was maybe was more exciting than right. just the okay but penis he, and vagina. Here, but he it did is. not say. I would like to advance. Yeah. But don't forget, I was I was eighteen. He was thirty nine. Uh huh. He did not say I would like to advance the intercourse. Are you on birth control? Did he know you had ever? No, he knew I was a virgin because he he was wow. a teacher, he had a teacher from high school. He'd known me for two years. He knew. Um. So it. I know people these days say, "Oh my gosh, it's so exploitative." That's neither here nor there. My so my first intercourse was me. Uh-huh. It, it did not make me go. I love it. Not make me go. I hate this. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, we would love to have you back on another one talking about age stuff because that's oh, something yes. I'm so interested. But I want to know how you got from that first time to like your first audition for an adult entertainment. Like, how does that feature. even work? So you made the decision. So you had the Cookie Monster moment at Autobiography. Yeah. And you're like, me want to. Yeah. So how did you get to that step? So um, I put it aside. I went to school, went to nursing school. Um, and then I broke up with that first boyfriend and, and got with the guy who became my first husband. Ah! Head exploding. <laughs> then it being the 20, 20 year bad marriage. And so, but he, my, my first boy, my first second boyfriend and who became my first husband, I met him working at a coffee shop. Uh, he was a, he taught me how to use the, um, Express me the old kind with the with the levers, not the 
pull. And um, he was fun. He was a goisha. Actually, I had an affair with him. So his, his, because I didn't understand polyamory mm. and proper negotiation, I was constant. I was I sucked at monogamy, and I didn't realize. That it wasn't because I was morally inferior. It's because I'm not a monogamous person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand anything about that. So I started having an affair with Dave. Um, don't say hi, Dave. Um, bye, bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and again, so I, I like novelty. He's new. He was a different kind of guy. And he's actually, at the time, dating an older woman. So they met when he was 23 and she was 30. So he was 30 and she was 37 at the time. And I was... 20. So he would tell me about this amazing relationship he had with her, which I see now was, you know, a non-monogamous relationship. I thought, I want that. I didn't know you could, that there might be other couples that did that. So I ended up, because not knowing, I ended up being with them for 20 years instead of, it should have been a two-year relationship. He was the first good lover I'd met. He was like, you have some skills. You have some, you have, you have a nice piece of equipment. You do like women and you have good cock control. So that was, that was nice. Cock control? control. What is cock control? Um, can like can, he can, was? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, he, I thought he said this about you. No, he had good, meaning, meaning that he had good. He he had he had good staying power. So he wasn't, it. he wasn't too many. He was two pump jump. He could hang out there for a minute, and and he and he liked women getting off, and that was fine. But after the first year, and the so the older girlfriend, she was someone who's super multi orgasmic, and so her for her foreplay is kiss, kiss, hand on knee, ready to go, good, good. Fucking is good. So she was a, a cock hound. She just loved cock bone. hound. She loved boning. She could come from fellatio. She was that woman. So ah. she, yeah. So bless her. Sorry, we can't be friends anymore. Um, and so then, so she, but she was also in her thirties and had been fucking since her, and she had liked it all along. She was someone who just always liked be always liked boning. It's like, oh, from first, yeah, good. I had to learn how to like it physically. I always liked the idea of intercourse, mm -hmm. but I had to learn how to like it as a dance that you do on your in bed. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I liked about him is he was the first man I ever met who admitted to in, indulging in dull entertainment and that he he and his girlfriend had it. You know, he went one day a week and he took himself on a date to San Francisco to the Old Farrell Theater and did some of the peep booths or go into the peep and master. And then we'd go to the quarter booth and masturbate. I thought, yay, fun. Naked girls? Porno booth? Really? Where? Where? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? You admit this? Really? Where do we go? Where do we go? And he was in the long term, not someone who was actually ready for someone as adventuresome as I was. So huh. he thought, he thought he had his older woman and he thought he had found his younger girl that he could now keep. And I got with them because she had all this freedom. I wanted that freedom for myself. And so for all the psychological things, it couldn't work. But one of the things he did do in the beginning was support my desire to be a dancer. For, I met this one girl, Karen, Karen Ruby. She was the hottest, one of the hottest girls. I had a mad crush on her in high school. And she was in the 70s. So her parents let her have sex with a boyfriend in their house because mm -hmm. that's what you did in those days in Berkeley. And so I met her on the, going to school, nursing school. I met her on the, on the bus to, the, uh, to San Francisco State. And she was working as a dancer at this place. It's like, and there, do you do amateur night? Amateur night? Really? Did amateur night at the Sutter Street Cinema? One, because I was the only obvious, all the other women in the contest were, Professional strippers were getting there for the 50 bucks just to show up. And I was obviously the only amateur we're talking. Really amateur. What song did you choose? Oh, that's a oh, good question. I think it was probably Aretha Franklin's Respect because what else did I know? Yes! <laughs> but um, I... I would love to see a striptease to... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's a good, good one. So I, I won and I got a job doing a girl-girl peep show uh, once a week on Saturday nights. And it's like... Saturday nights, that's prime time, no, right? Like, you I don't, you don't even have the day shift. No, no, I was, I was a student. I, I didn't have day shift available. I loved that because the, it was everything I wanted. It was girl on girl action, 
live and the room was was full of mirrors because the the booths, the people booths oh, had one-way mirror. So I wasn't looking at guys. I was, I was looking at myself. So I learned how to dance, learned how to move. And then money would come out of the slots. It's like, this is awesome. So I really liked that. Wait, so the money just goes straight to you? Um, right. You, you didn't get paid to be there. So after each, so you, so the tip slots, you know, money's coming out. So you go pay attention to the, to the mirror with the more money coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted you to see them, they could turn the light on in their booths, uh, which made the... Uh, awesome. Oh, no. So, and so on their side of the booth with a chair, a wastebasket a paper towel dispenser, a light bulb, and a curtain. Oh, so if they wanted to be exhibitionists themselves and, and we have the perfect safety of the mirror, it's like, I love this. They can't touch me, but I can see peen. Oh, oh my gosh. So, so, and after each show, you sit down with your partner and you just spread the tips 50 feet right then. Boom. And so that was awesome. How and much did you make in a night of that? This is 1982. So on a good night, if I went home with 200 bucks, I was for two shows. My take that would that was considered I considered wow. that pretty Sounds good. Sounds fun. That's good. I wonder that would be adjusted awesome. for inflation. It was friction. It was freaking awesome. You have to do the math yourself. Then the next job I got um, before porno was working at the O'Farrell Theater, um, which had a more traditional. They had five different show venues. One of which was a traditional strip club with the stage and theater seating and and you strip and. But in San Francisco, you could do live. Uh, you could do penetration act so I could front myself with a dildo live on so it's the audience is as close as you are to me now I could sit where I was open my vulva and put stuff in it and have guys sit there fascinated wow. no one was ever rude are those still no, the same yes. standards yeah in San Francisco you can still do live girl girl sex or live boy boy sex but not live boy girl sex Really? And and that's then, so and then, and then that like, is so fucking then, it's like the heteronormative penetration is right, like the apex, so that's right. not allowed. So there's, 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 no, there's no there's no place in the country where a live boy girl sex show is legal in a in a paid club situation. A swing clubs absolutely. Yeah, you know. I've only seen it abroad. Yeah, oh I love Europe. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, two hundred dollars in nineteen eighty two is five hundred and thirteen dollars and sixty nine cents. That would be awesome. Sixty nine cents. So in two thousand seventeen. Five hundred bucks. Yeah, so that was awesome. And so then I sorry. I, no, no, so, then I, so so I ended <laughs> Thank up, you for so, doing math. So then I then we I, can't I, Nina and I don't math. I don't do math. So then so my second uh, adult job was at the O'Farrell Theater doing a live uh, doing stripping. And that was awesome because then you could do live girl girl sex. And so each week there'd be there'd be about three women who would let a mother person come on stage with them. So I'd find Susie and say, so you want company later tonight? Yeah, come up my second set. And so I got to do live, hardcore, girl, girl sex right there with the audience as close as you are. And with the window. No so window, no window. Just on stage. Just on stage. Fucking awesome. Well, you were saying before, how do you meet girls? That's right. how you met girls. So you know, pe- 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 people say, people say, <laughs> Nina, Nina, them on stage. Nina, why porn? It's like, it's where the naked women are. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> because in the 80s, in the 80s, lesbians would not have sex with bisexuals. So in the 80s, a way to find, if you wanted to find girl sex, you had to be a swinger or in porn. Hmm. Because the, the, the lesbian culture at the time was absolutely, we know sleep with bisexual women mm-hmm. who are t- shaving their legs or being heteronormative in any way. No, no, no. Yeah. Now it's I'll much freer. Breathe, breathe. She's still dead. Yes. <laughs> No, I did. So Andrea Dworkin is a very radical anti-male feminist. Really. Yeah, yeah, just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just interesting, but is, she's her writings often come up in uh, meninist and like men's rights activism. Yeah. Whenever they're like, this is why feminism is bad. Yes, they'll bring yeah. up Andrea Dworkin, who's just like a very specific, yeah, she, sort she, of she, well, radical, rabble rousing. No, the, the men's rights activists. Uh, and Sorry, Andrea I got on a whole no, no, other topic. No, no, no. Men's rights activists and Andrea Dworkin are the are the are the. Com- they're buddies. complimentary. They're complimentary. Yeah, they're, they're they're just full of hatred and negativity, and they use gender as their whooping boy versus 
immigration versus other things. So, yeah. so, so, so back to sex with girls. So my first, my, my first sex with a girl when I was 18 and it was my friend Suki Stern and, um, Hi, Suki. And, <laughs> and, uh, no, no, no. My first time, my first time was 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 with Lynn, and she in high school she was already out as a bisexual in 1976. So I was like something crazy, and um, she got me high the first time. I mean, my first time getting high on pot. She was her, and we ended up in bed together. I think, she, and I went down on her. I was just like, oh, I was 18. Oh, this is really great, and I couldn't tell if she came or not. I mean, you can't because you can't tell. And I and it was over. We never did it again. I thought, you know, that if I if I ever get a chance to do this again. I'm not leaving until I know she's come. Good goal. And so the next one was Suki Stern, the cute little femme hippie from before. From high school? From high school. And she- I like that you nailed the femme hippie. Yeah. So she is out of high school. We're out of high school now. And so she was someone who was acting, she's acting so so flirtatious with me that I realized she's coming on to me. It's like- Yeah, doofus. Pretty much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Simone. Yes. I was being a doofus. And so I did. Doofus. And I did. And I did actually. And I did so well that night that she was gay for two years. Love it. Good job. Yeah. But I want to know about the first audition when you were like, I am transitioning from these live events to um, on camera. So Juliet Juliet Anderson, um, there wasn't because I had been doing live dildo shows and live girl. So the only difference between shows and the movie was was a live penis instead of a toy. It was actually actually actual person. Permanence. That, but I was, I was ready for that. So I was, I was, it was 1984. um, I was 25 years old. The same year that Queen Elizabeth was when she took over. England. So that's yes. just crazy. 25 is a good, year, a good year. took over porn. Um, and so I, um, my husband and I have been talking about it. We met with one agent who was so creepy. It's like, I guess I don't get to do porn because I have to work through him. No effing way. This guy is a creepy creep. Well, I'm glad you had a choice to not go yes, with him. Exactly. I feel like some so people I, I, don't so have I, a choice. So I was ready to give up porn. I'd rather have to go through him. So my husband went into Juliet Anderson at a supermarket and he recognized her from the O'Farrell Theater where she'd done a a professional a, a star appearance because she was someone who didn't get into porn until she was 39, a MILF before there were MILFs. So we took some polar, we typed her up a letter, sent her a letter, and she called back right away and put, it ended up putting me in her first and it turned out only movie that she ever produced and directed called Educating Nina. And that was, it was the only movie she ever directed because the distributors ripped her off and lost all her money on all her investors' money and she left the business with a broken heart and pretty much just, mm. just, spiritually that's a bummer because it bummer. was such a renowned film it was but that's that and that's the sexual politics that the dorkanites would say in the and the 80s especially and still it's different now because we can be our own bosses but back when there was still a boss employer situation the people behind the camera and behind the desk were all men and we were just whores to them and so mm-hmm. they did have to treat her respectfully and uppity women and women in business and women in power just made him skeeved out all those guys are dead now so yay fuck them um, fuck them yeah but so but Don't. for her but for her it well I'm not into necrophilia you're into a lot but, of things but, maybe but not, not yet that. Uh, but for necrophilia no animals kids poop blood death adult babies Baby or clowns or tickling. Oh, I'm not. I have fewer. Le- I'm I, okay I, with tickling. I, I, I would. I, 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 I You have I would, a smaller I'm list. I'm more comfortable. <laughs> I'm I just for me, I'll, I'll tickle you, but tickling for me is a hard limit. It's like, and that the fuck now. School because bus, you don't like it being sexual, I don't, I don't, or because I don't, you just don't, don't like. Tickling? I don't like. It's not. That's not how I want to work with surrender. But I just make me angry. Tickling is like motherfucker. Stop. I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just super. It, I'm not. I, I, I not. I don't. 
that's not the kind of shrieking I like to do. <laughs> so you never, so you didn't audition for Educating No, so, so I came. It was no, written I, for well, you. Well, no, actually, I, I went and met her. Voice of my, but she did not make me get naked. She did not make me show me her vulva, show me her my vulva. But uh, she was so so thrilled that she had met someone. I didn't realize then what a, what a rare flower I was. Educated, motivated, feminist. I I got into porn. Yes, yeah, that's where the naked women were. But I also have something to say about sex and pornography. It was like it was like using it was using the, the patriarchal um, system of entertainment for my own ends. Because every time you see a Nina Hartley movie, you're actually seeing an evolved and aware feminist, queer intelligence in the movies. I look like a girl, but you actually see me how I touch peen or how I touch vulva. It's like, hey. And you were like nurse and midwife informed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, 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 so all that, all, all the things I could have studied in school, nursing was the best. Well, I know you were talking about things that, you are into or not into and you were talking about like how we like to be touched i don't know if you remember your first orgasm oh wow, that was a i do yeah, th- i so do you could talk about the first orgasm that you gave yourself and maybe that someone else no not that someone gave you i love what you say say it say it say it i've been saying it all week since i watched nicoletta's video <laughs> <laughs> nobody gives you an orgasm not their job my job my job is to like tell you my job is to let you know you can try that and that's gonna help a lot and, you can, and your, your job is to go okay or no, I can't put my fist in your vagina because that's weird for me. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so my first orgasm, Betty Dodson, all hail. So is it, so I, first, I was. So that's then, why we like her so much. Oh no. So, <laughs> uh, so I was 16, that would have been 1975. No, uh, yeah. So I've been reading about, I've been reading about orgasms and I'm someone who was not ever very genitally horny as in my crotch is giving me messages and tingling and, 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 and saying, feed me, feed me. And so I know some women, they totally feel sexual energy from their vulvas, but in our culture, women are trained away from paying attention to their vulvas. And it's really easy to do. You can really easily train a girl to not pay attention because of our internal mechanism. I feel like Nicoletta and I growing up had vulvas that were very vocal. See, I, I, yes. that's awesome. That's, I just think it's so great. Yay, you guys. Um, for me, it was my, for me, it, sex is intellect, it's brain down. It's mm. not, it's not pussy up or strange body in the room. I'm very interested now. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I don't know you. Mm, hello. So I read the book and, you know, you can uh, rhythmic contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. So, okay. Stimulate for. So you were totally reading Betty Dodson. Right right basically. Like so I was basically, learning. so I basically did. So basically what I got, what I took for away from all that is if you, if you stimulate your clitoris for long enough, you will have something called an orgasm. And so my first orgasm, which I knew, and my, or my orgasm then and now is the same one, meaning at the time of the hysterical paroxysm, my right leg goes out and flexes and my left leg goes over and points and I fishtail like, like someone having a seizure. Um, it's, it's the same, it's the same one now as it was then, but that's the, awesome. my, my, that my, is so good. My, my first orgasm was completely unpleasurable. What do you, please elaborate, Nina. I don't think we have enough time. Well, what's our time stamp? No, <laughs> we time are running a little low on time. We've been here for an hour. Yeah, okay. we've got to cut it soon. And Next, that's I'll, unfortunate. I'll come back. I'll tell you about my first orgasm. That, that, that's a whole other thing because it, it goes it goes to show how um, how body, not body shaming, but how lack of effective touch during childhood and infancy bleeds into discomfort in the body and with feelings. I know lots of people who have 
quote unquote had orgasms and they don't associate it with something pleasurable or something Mm -hmm. nice and happy and fun. So I totally, like you said, I think that is enough for another podcast. And um, Nina obviously has so many amazing things to say and how can people find you if they'd like to hire you for like a speaking engagement or something? Because the easiest place to get me these days is on Twitter. Uh, My handle is Nina land and you can absolutely hit me up and get there. Um, I do not have an agent as such. I have a porno agent, um, the VIP connect.com. They will put people in touch with me. Awesome. Amazing. VIP connect. Um, the VIP connect.com. Love it. Um, the whole point of our podcast, as you know, and it's sort of somewhat inspired by you and the work that you do is sluts and scholars. So how we kind of come to the head of like being sexual beings and also be taken seriously as professionals. So I like to ask all of our guests now and future guests and for, for Simone and I, how have you had to deal, especially with knowing that your field is in porn, getting discriminated against for being a quote unquote slut, which I say lovingly because yeah. we call ourselves that, yeah. um, but also someone who is smart and intelligent and worldly and just sort of how that's worked in your life. I think I have less trouble than you do. Because one thing about porn, while it does close off some doors for me, there's certain things I'll never, doors I'll never be able to walk into simply because of the prejudice against sexual women. Um, you two are equally sexual as I am, but you're smart in your future for not taking pictures of it. Hmm. So, so you do have a, a plausible deniability. There's my private life, which I don't talk about because um, it's private. And here's my professional thing, which is informed by my private life, but my professional life is my professional life. I know, I know how to act in a professional manner. And my private life is none of your business. So my, my personal life is my business. Hmm. An aspect of my personal life is my business. So all the pictures out there, I can never take it back. It's now it's probably pushing 2,000 scenes in movies. Wow. So it is, it is not, it is not going to ever go away. So What I, doors I, do you think have closed for you? Um, anything to do with minors, mm-hmm. of course. So I cannot go into high schools and talk hygiene or sexual um, things. Which is such a shame um, because you know so much about you, it. Yeah. I, I'm I just, really surprised just, by that. Um, you just don't want, you just, if it, cause someone, you have if, them if, looking if, if, for if, it. If someone under 18 finds me on their own, fine, but I'm not, I cannot go into high school and have someone go Googling a Hartley who's not 18 yet. It's just not. Okay. That um, makes sense. And, okay. and, and it's not a saying. battle. Like I care about that. I don't care enough about that battle. There's plenty of other women like yourself who are, will always be permitted and available to walk into that venue and talk to them mm-hmm. because you are good girls. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and which is, so there are certain battles you just don't bother with. So for me, um, so nothing to do with minors as a door. That's yeah. Closed. The door's closed. Um, uh, obviously public office, but I'm not interested in public office. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I have a friend who, who it, it, does it, porn, it, who ran yeah, for delegate. It, yeah. Oh no, Ella Donnelly. Well, you must have her on your show, by the yes, way. Yes. I want to have her. I'm glad you, you know her. Want, I love her. Yeah. I love her. Oh, amazing. Ella, if you're listening. I love her. Ella, darling, you're amazing. Um, so we have a, we, we all we, when we meet, all we can do is just eye gaze and go, love you, love you too. I mean, we don't, we don't even have sex. It's like, so there's a <laughs> massive mutual admiration with Ella. Amazing. Darling, and she's so smart. Yeah. So doors closed. Uh, minors. Um, I haven't tried hard to get into other things in Hollywood, but it's probably pretty close to me. I mean, and like she, mainstream. Yeah. Because whilst um, the person hiring the, the casting director may think I'm amazing, but someone up the chain is going to go, oh, no, can't do porn. Because while we're in California. No, can't do not porn. They can't. They can't, can't hire someone who's been in porn. porn. Okay. So, the, so we're, in, we're not just in California. We're in Southern California where it's the home of the porn industry and you are modern women. So you understand that 
you don't automatically prejudice yourself against someone who does porn. Most of the country, the Trump part of the country, absolutely still has all the parts of the country that want to restrict access, who want to punish women for getting abortion, want to punish women for wanting to have sex. All the, that world, that part of the world, absolutely um, would prevent me from getting very, very high up. Do you so know what really pisses me off about that? They're probably all fucking jacking off to you. Of course, and that yes. makes me so of course mad. They are. Of course they are. But for them, but for them, their culture runs on hypocrisy. Yeah. That, that, that's what it does. <sighs> um, so we can't, we can't, so all we can do is deconstruct the patriarchy at a certain level of person at a time because what's radical in our culture is you claim your pleasure for yourself despite the um, media uh, onslaught against you and you Nicola you claim it and I claim it and so we help other people claim it individually because in the end we have an oppressive system um, that does everything it can to make us into good little consumers and cogs um, so we're going we, we are taught to deny our experience deny our desires deny our bodies punish our bodies hurt our bodies you know all the horrible things for our bodies except having pleasure with them and so when you teach a person that they can have pleasure on their own terms that's radical. That's subversive. Mm. Super subversive. Mm -hmm. Because then at, cause you're always alone with your body. So even if you're alone in a room with no TV and no, you still have your hand and your hand. It's amazing. Our arms are exactly the right length as if it was made for this. Yeah! Crazy. That's so true. <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> you're blowing our minds. It's like, wait, and wait, no, pussies. wait, what, wait, what? Duh! That's why my hand was always there as right? a kid. Oh, no, I'm home. like resting mine in my lap. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no! I know. I, I, I will. I will. I will. I will. Put, I will put my hand under. And my Sometimes vulva it's nice just, to just, just cup it. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice. It's, oh, I yeah. love a good it's vagina. Warm. Vulva hug. A vulva hug. Yeah. So, so it, since you're not here, we are all cupping our, our vulvas. Yes. yes. And if you do yeah. it right, and and you wriggle back and forth, and you and you extend your middle finger, it's also oh, the, the upside down Vulcan. Oh, no, this one here. So there's cupping it, and then there's pink. Oh, yeah. That's pretty nice. Oh, that. Well, that. That's the naked vulva. It's so hard, that's that hard is the shout out to Reed Mahalko and Allison Moon for presenting on this. So often. I totally yeah the upside down Vulcan. So that's yeah. like the Star Trek inverted yeah. Vulcan, inverted two fingers, Vulcan, right? And then yeah. that goes around the uh -huh. uh, vulva on yeah. each side of the labia. And also, if you play football, then there's the um, if you play American football, you catch the ball. So you have uh, index finger to index so she's finger holding up a triangle. So it's a triangle diamond. And so if you're facing genitals. Oh, we're both holding, we are all holding up our hands right now. Right, so, diamond, just shape. so the diamond shape. So, so if you if you're facing the vulva, you um, are perfectly cupping it, or the gen or the boy junk. And if you do it from behind and do it, and then you're perfectly cupping the genitals. Whoa! Crazy, bing, bing. Oh my bing, gosh, bing. sex tips from Nina Hartley. Oh well, doesn't this mean vulva or vagina in sign language? I thought I thought this was so the more of a more so with. I don't, I'm um, the one, so the, the fingertip, the thumb tip, that is a diamond or a triangle. I thought. I guess it depends what it's shaped. Yeah. But the, the, so to do the diamond, then the, the top goes to the base of the phallus and the bottom goes to the perineum. Uh-huh. And you're just like putting that little pressure. Pressure ring. This works with boy junk too, but this was excellent for vulvas. <laughs> I could not, I would believe me. I, I love Reed Mahalko and Allison Moon. They're awesome. They're really great. Actually, a lot of, a lot of my, a lot of my tips got into Allison Moon's uh, Girl Sex 101. Uh, yes. We just um, went to her talk at uh, Sexual, Sexual Health, Health Expo, Expo. On, on, uh, how to drive a vulva. Michael, same class called Pussy Whispering. Ooh, I um, like that. Yeah, because it's just, 
I, I could, yeah, on and on. So that's a whole other. I mean, but yeah, let's get back to the to the very important kind of nexus first, of our we conversation. Have to up soon, okay, unfortunately, I'll never come back. Never. No, you <laughs> so much more to talk about. Yeah, you must so, come so, back. Yes. So uh, w- ways in which you feel like you've been actively discriminated against because of your history and background in porn. Um, I haven't run straight up against it very often because I don't try to go to the PTA. I don't try to buy a house. I don't try to. I don't. I, I just. I stick within the world of porn and fandom mm-hmm. and advocacy work. Mm-hmm. Um. But so I do it's know that if, 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 I try, if, if I tried to get too far up in academia, um, a lot of women in academia who are my age are second wave feminists who are Dworkinites or McKinnonites. Mm-hmm. And so they ought to be, the one that the worst now is uh, Gail Dines, Boo Hiss, um, Pamela Paul, Ariel Levy. Those are the, those are the, well, sex is good, but not porn. Point, point is bad because they inherently believe that uh, porn is bad. Porn boys is are, bad boys, are, boys, are, boys are icky. Porn is oppressive, and yeah. um, and you still see lots and lots of blog, and you see lots and lots of blog posts by women who are dating men who watch a lot of porn and how they feel impacted by the images on porn, and so they hate porn for that as opposed to getting upset with the boy for not making the transition between media another human mm-hmm. so the whole other we can have a whole other talk about porn sex versus real sex and and i would oh and, my and we could do a talk on, on female anger at porn and female anger at men oh there's so many porn. things we can cover and we will always have you back of course never always did you, just, you do this weekly or every other week we're not sure we're figuring it out we're don't come back out. Like, you, you call me i'll call i'll call you well i, I just have a question about this is like a t- sort yeah. of separate topic so you talked about um like sometimes you will have sex with people who have been fans. And I was wondering if there's an element of pressure to like live up to the expectation or is what you're doing in your movies like just how you have sex? Oh no, with living with, with fans, um, I am there. It is strictly a one, it's a pretty much one way operation. I'm there to do fantasy fulfillment and make them go off feeling happy, happy, happy. I don't get off usually that way, but I enjoy it very much because it's so easy to make someone so happy because a young woman, a woman, Smiling, going, I, yeah, I would absolutely like sex with you. And I like your peen. And it's awesome. Most men don't get that. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that. And So just genuinely and I, bringing pleasure to someone else. Yeah. And I will let them know, don't worry, I'm probably not going to get off with this, but that's not why we're here. And that's okay. So I, I take the pressure off of them because most mm. of my most of my fans, they want to take me to dinner, dancing. They want a romantic evening. They want a proper date. They want to take me dancing or dinner and movie and make love all night. And we're talking about vanilla love, just lovely kissing and kissing and hugging and wrestling and rolling around. Just, and I and I like I like all that, I call that hot vanilla. I like vanilla sex. I don't need to spank and be spanked if the passion's going, mm-hmm. which is why novelty works because often I love at a point fucking men. If you're lucky, their front room will turn off and they'll turn totally into into capital B boy, just mm-hmm. like boy energy, yang, pure yang. That's what I want. So. That is interesting to me. More than one time with a guy, then we're talking about a relationship and saying, I don't have time for relationships with boys. I'm married. I don't, when I'm not dating anybody, we're not, no, 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 no. It's so nice to hear, because I kind of always not felt isolated growing up, but I definitely always, and really until recently, and maybe I still do, it's like whenever I met someone, I would like think about what sex would be like. Thank you. Instantly. It's yeah. just like, and, and, and I don't or know. Or what, if you see couples and things together, I wonder what their sex looks like. Exactly. Right? And it's like very refreshing to like talk about this and to know that I'm not alone. And like, I, there are people that I am not attracted to that I would still be interested in fucking just to see what it's like to fuck them. Absolutely. And yeah. and, and also for me, since, of course, I'm, I'm not a monogamous person, but for me, I don't know if I want a relationship with you until I know how our bodies work together. Mm-hmm. 
So here I'm spending all this time getting to know you and going to dinner and talking and I like you a lot. And then we get together naked. It's like, and we're nothing's happened. We're not, it, it's a bad fit. So hmm. if I know our bodies work well together, then there's a basis for, for me, a continued uh, friendship. And I also believe in the long flirt. I've been flirting with some people for three, four, five, six years, have not done the deal. It's that like, is a long flirt. Love that. Um, but because I'm not- because, Talk about the bubble of arousal. Right? Yeah, all and day foreplay. All, all year foreplay. I mean, my, for my favorite <laughs> all partner- All decade foreplay. One of my favorite partners, I, I met her, um, my favorite times, I met her, she's another sex educator, and I just, we're peers, and I just think she's amazing and awesome. And we saw each other at, at various conferences and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, definitely deaf. Yeah. And f so mutual interest was there. So that was established. And for about three years later at, at one of the conferences, it was like, ping, it's the right time. So our time off was the same. And it was a, an amazing encounter. It was everything I ever wanted. It was everything I could possibly hope for. And I haven't seen her since it's been six years, but it was so one, one, once, once we can separate desire from having to satisfy it. And once we can live, once we can stretch out the desire or the mutual interest into, okay, we're mutually interested. How does that work for us? And so some people just flirting. That's, that's our relationships. Like, well, that's what I have to tell couples and, and individuals too, when they have certain desires or fantasies that they maybe can't act on at that moment, or they need to, let's say they're interested in it and then their partner doesn't want to, is then figuring out how to do that all day foreplay, to hold on to that desire without the expectation that someone's going to come fix it for you. Yeah. What, what Nicoletta said, my, our feelings are our own responsibility. And our culture says, if you incite desire, you're responsible for my desire. Not, I'm responsible for my desire. Mm. You may have triggered it, but it was already in me. You mm -hmm. can't you can't make me feel horny if I'm not there to be horny. Yeah. Right? If I'm not, if I'm not there. And so I can be looking and go, wow, wow. So now what made me so much happier and better at sex, air quotes, was the moment between, oh, I find you attractive. And then if I heard that back from you, now I don't have to, okay, now let's talk about that as opposed to have to make it happen now what's your phone number all right we didn't do anything next week we later tonight it's like it doesn't have to be tonight yeah it doesn't have to be tonight because yeah. tonight we're both drunk and you have ah, you're not single i'm i gotta work tomorrow so it's gonna be awkward clumsy rushed and furtive mm -hmm. and i would like my sex to not be awkward rushed clumsy or furtive amen well, we so much enjoyed having you I on Sluts you guys and are Scholars. Awesome. You are part one of yeah. Nina Hartley on yeah, Sluts and Scholars. Yeah, obviously she will be back. So I'm Nicoletta, and today I was joined by the amazing Simone, as always. Simone's amazing. And Nina Hartley, and we look forward to having you back. And stay tuned next week for more Sluts and Scholars. Hi, I'm Nina Harley, and you owe it to yourself to tune in to Sluts and Scholars with Nicoletta and Simone. Ah, I have to change my panties. <laughs> <laughs>